Welcome to the Cinema Judge. First of all, thank you everybody for showing up. If you're a first-time listener, welcome aboard. For all you regular ones who show up every episode, whether it's a tentpole movie or direct-to-video, you are always here. I thank you very much. And you know at the end I'm going to try to give out as many shout-outs to you as possible. So thank you so much. And I want to thank one of our newest listeners, Ezra. Ezra, thank you for tuning in, listening, and following. I really appreciate your time. And if you're not like Ezra and you're a first-time listener, let me tell you a little bit about our show. First of all, clearly, we are not journalists. You'll find that out pretty soon because I'll be mispronouncing everything left and right under the sun all throughout the show. I used to apologize every time, but my friends told me, just stop. So I listened and I tell you right out of the gate, and now I move on. See, we here at the Cinema Judge haven't gone to any elite Ivy League school and paid thousands of dollars to have somebody else tell us what it takes to make a good movie. We're smarter than that, and so are you. Nor have we traveled the world and spoken to the old wise men and asked about the deep, hidden meanings behind Hollywood's visions. We here at the Cinema Judge, we haven't done any of these things. But what we have done is watch a lot of movies. Some good, some not so good. And our goal here at the Cinema Judge is to have one thing. And one thing only. That's an enjoyable movie experience. Now, I've been doing this show for over 20 years in Bloomington, Minnesota, as a cable access show. And this is what we do there. The studios, they give us interviews, clips, on-set footage, and premieres. And what I do is, I put it all together, I step out of the way, I make one giant infomercial. I have them pitch it. This is why you should see it. It's from them to you. And it's up to you to make up your mind if you want to see it or not. Whether I like it or not is irrelevant. What matters is, do you want to see it? It's this simple. We drop it, love it, leave it at your feet. That's the plan here. The key to our show is this. We will never, ever tell you not to see a movie. To put it simply, I say watch every movie you possibly can. You never know when you'll find a gem or a laughably bad movie. That's the fun. That's the joy of finding either a perfect movie that you've never heard of or somebody said don't see it and you see it and go, wow, what were they thinking? Don't listen to anybody. Listen to you. That's what this show is. I give you the facts. It's up to you. Because for me, it's really simple. Sometimes the memory of a bad movie is more memorable than a, I'm doing air quotes here, critically acclaimed movie. Those memories could last you a lifetime. Friends and I, we used to purposely rent bad movies, go to bad movies, just to see for ourselves, just to have the experience. And that's what I want everybody to do. Whether it sounds good or not, if you have time, see it. See any movie. Life's hard. Why not enjoy it and have fun with it? We love movies here at the Cinema Judge. We want to help you find your memories. Consider this your movie oasis. Movies without drama. There's enough of it out there already. We're not going to provide that for you. There's people out there who do that exceptionally well. Not here. 
I just want to talk movies, learn movies, and maybe I could teach you something or we could learn something together. Because in the end, I would love to provide a brief relief from the grief. That's what movies should be all about. Approaching the bench today, we have Rhea in The Last Dragon. This is a Disney Plus movie. Now, with this movie, Disney Plus is charging people to see it first. Some of the movies they release are just straight up, you could watch it. Certain films, like this and a few others, they first charge you for it. So our goal here today is this. We're going to provide all the evidence that they provided to us, to you. And it's up to you. Do you want to pay for it or wait for it to come out? So without further ado, here's a trailer for you. All right, guys. Remember what we're looking for. And don't trust anyone. Hey, baby. Where are your parents? Hey, uh, who's baby? What? Really? A con baby? Impressive. We could use someone like you. Let's catch you up. My name is Raya. Our lands have been at war for as long as we can remember. Our people never see eye to eye. My daughter, I believe our people can come together again, but someone has to take the first step. Now, in order to restore peace, we must find the last dragon. I wish to join this fellowship of butt kickery. Let's go. We'll have to watch our backs. We're not the only ones looking. Six years of searching. Please let this be it. Oh, my DC suit. Who said that? We really need your help. Ah, I'm going to be real with you. I'm not like the best dragon. Have you ever done like a group project, but there's like that one kid who didn't pitch in as much, but still ended up with the same grade? Uh, we're doomed. You and the dragon are coming with me. Hmm. My sword here says we're not. The world's broken. You can't trust anyone. Maybe it's broken because you don't trust anyone. You just have to take the first step. A shape change. Dragons can do that? Look how close my butt is to my head. It's going to make digestion so much faster. In theaters or ordered on Disney Plus. So we're going to play the first of two featurettes. In this first featurette, it's kind of a package that's a mini package that's put together by the studios. And in this little package, you're going to hear from the actors and some the directors and other players. You're going to hear them talk about the story, about how this was the first Southeastern Asian princess movie made by Disney, what inspired them to make this film, what they learned from the culture. And another very interesting fact about this movie, within these interviews on the show today, you're going to hear that a lot of this was done from people's houses. The animation, the voiceover, so many things were done from home that it really is amazing the quality that they put out, the hurdles they had to overcome to produce this film. Also in this feature, you're going to hear about the martial arts that they had to study and ones they implemented into this animation film 
And finally, they're going to talk about the themes of this film. So here's the first featurette talking about some of those things. Why are you here, Divine Water Dragon? In that obvious big guy, my girl Ryan and I are going to fix the world. Let's catch you up. It is so exciting to be the first Southeast Asian Disney princess. It is a big deal. Raya is one of the fiercest characters. In Ryan the Last Dragon, we were inspired by things about Southeast Asia to create a wholly original story and fantasy world called Kumandra. This land used to be inhabited by mystical dragons, which brought magic and harmony. But over time, the land split apart. Our lands have been at war for as long as we can remember. And now she's on this mission to bring this world back together with this ragtag group of misfits. I wish to join this fellowship of particularly. The animation on this movie is on a totally different level, and it's amazing. When you think that this movie was animated from home, It's incredible. You know, we have a crew of 400 plus people. We were animating, lighting, having story meetings. All of that was done from everyone's home with dogs and cats and babies. It could only have happened because everybody is passionate about the films we make and they brought that. I mean, the movie is, I think, one of our most beautiful films. You and the dragon are coming with me. Hmm. My sword here says we're not. I have the honor of being one of the martial arts consultants on the film. I got to incorporate the knowledge I had from Southeast Asian martial arts into those fight sequences. You see weapons get pulled out from Raya that are Screama, that come from the Philippines. When you see Raya fall into a fight stance, you can go, that's our niece. That's Muay Thai. That's Krabi Krabong. The level of action in this movie is pretty tight. It's pretty tight. world's broken. You can't trust anyone. I think the themes of this movie are so relevant. Maybe it's broken because you don't trust anyone. Learning how to find the goodness in the world, I think, is such a beautiful, important message. I really just can't wait for people to see it. In a second featurette, you're going to have Kelly Marie Tran, who plays Rhea. She's going to be walking us around, showing us where she recorded her voiceover and talks about the challenges of trying to make this film. And what I forgot to mention earlier in the beginning, if you ever choose to want to watch the TV version of this, you want to go to blm.mn backward slash btv dash shows, and then you type in Cinema Judge, two words, and the shows will be there. So anyway, here's featurette two. Hi, I'm Kelly Marie Tran. I'm playing Raya in Raya and the Last Dragon, and these are my video diaries. I'm going to give you a tour of the makeshift voiceover booth that I've been using at home. So here's the microphone. Recording from home has been really fun, but there's been some hard things, especially with having internet that's always freezing. It could be really frustrating when you're in the middle of a really good take and then all of a sudden... Just kidding. (laughs) That was awesome. Give me some chill. Whoa, it looks so good. I am so just inspired by how many people are working on this from home. Our actors, including you, have been so gracious, letting us not only into their home, into their closets so that we can record (laughs) together. I'm about to watch the trailer for the first time. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) 
My name is Raya. <laughs> I'm realizing that I might have always been the Disney kid. Exhibit A. Exhibit B. Exhibit C. So it's pretty crazy that now I get to be a Disney princess. That's pretty crazy. So today I'm at Walt Disney Animation Studios. This is actually where I auditioned. Um, so it's crazy to be back here. I'll always remember the first time that we met you, we did that recording, Kelly, because we had found the voice in the heart behind the character. The best time, truly. Oh, I love you guys. Oh. You're getting a little too big for this, bud. I can't wait for you guys to see this. <laughs> Now, coming up next, we're going to hear from Kelly Marie Tran, who plays Rhea, and she's going to talk about what attracted her to this project and the representation of the Asian culture and how this character is so much different than any other princess you've ever seen. Now, you know Kelly from a lot of films. Most of us from when we first saw her in 2017, Star Wars The Last Jedi. She's also in the TV show Sorry for Your Loss, and in 2019, The Rise of Skywalker, and in 2020, The Croods, A New Age. So here she is talking about what attracted her to this project. Um, so many things. I think, yeah, firstly, just the fact that it's part of the Disney animation world. And then growing up as a kid, that was, I was so obsessed with all of the Disney animated movies and recognizing the legacy behind that, I think is definitely one of the things that attracted me to it. The second thing is just the representation aspect of it, recognizing that, this movie was going to be inspired by the part of the world that my family's from um, made me really excited. And the third thing is that Raya is a very different type of character. And I think Disney's really trying to broaden the idea of what people think when they think of the words hero, when they think of the word princess, like Raya is unlike any princess or hero we've seen in this world before. And I think that, uh, yeah, it's really cool to be a part of. Now, coming up next, we're going to hear from Aquafina, who plays Sisu, or otherwise known as The Last Dragon. Now, you know her from the hugely popular 2018 film Crazy Rich Asians, 2019 The Dark Crystal, 2021 Breaking News in Yuba County. We just did a show on that earlier. In a 2020 TV show, Aquafina is Nora from Queens. And in this interview, she talks about what attracted her to the project the story, the culture, and how her character has an emotional character arc. I think what attracted me to the project um, was was just hearing what it was about, um, and and uh, how it would it would not only feature um, kind of the, the cultures of Southeast Asia, but also its, its first Southeast Asian Disney princess. And then hearing about the character that that they had in mind for me, Sisu, um, that she was able to kind of explore being funny, but then also uh, being, uh, you know, having these kind of like a tear, teary tearjerker scenes that really I kind of I loved reading. Um, and, and I think playing her was was really just a really just the greatest one of the greatest joys of my life. Um, it really, really loved it. Coming up next, you're going to hear from one of the co-directors of this film. Dan Hall, from all the way back from 1999, where he was credited with the story for Tarzan, the 2000 film The Emperor's New Groove, the screenwriter for the 2007 film Meet the Robinsons. In 2016, he co-directed Moana, the 2011 film Winnie the Pooh, and the great movie 2014 Big Hero 6. And in this really cool interview, he talks about the process of finding the theme, how he had to sit down and just try to find where the story was going 
about trust and trying to find unification from a broken world? Um, so I think when, when Kui and Carlos and myself first came on board about a year and a half ago, you know, we, we sat down and, and asked ourselves, you know, how we, what was going to be the theme of this movie and, and start with theme, you know, not, I think it's important to start with the overarching thematic idea because it's going to be the spine that connects the whole movie. And, uh, very early, I think in our discussion, we hit upon this idea of trust being the theme of the movie. Uh, it's a fragmented world, a world that has been, that was once unified, that has been broken into pieces. And so what, what is the, the big thing that is keeping them from coming together? And we felt like trust would be the perfect uh, thematic element to, to actually bring this, the world of Kumandra together, but also to kind of bring this story together. And, uh, and it permeated every decision that we made from then on out. Coming up next, you're going to hear from the second director, or co-director, however you want to look at it, Carlos Lopez Estrada. He's known for his 2018 film, Blind Spotting, the 2020 film, Summertime. Now, in this interview, he's going to talk about the story and the many characters with different opinions and them being able to work together. Yeah, the, the, the story follows five different characters from different lands. Uh, each of them having a completely different uh, worldview, completely different set of, of uh, ideologies and philosophy. And it, it asks the question, what is it going to take for these five people to coexist, to learn to work together, to reach out and, and, and trust each other again? Uh, and the journey that Raya goes on is, is, is that learning uh, coming from a place that is uh, very, very much fragmented and learning the tools that she's going to need to be able to take that first step towards reconnecting with these people that are so different from her. Coming up next, it's me a stellar interview with the screenwriter, Adele Lim. And she's going to talk about how the Southeast Asia having so many female warriors, strong mothers, and the importance of community. And another little cool aspect, the power of food. So here's a screenwriter talking about some of those things. Uh, well, a thing about Southeast Asia that not many people are familiar with is that we have a great tradition of strong female warriors and strong female leaders. And really, you know, if you know anybody uh, from a Southeast Asian family, they'll tell you how, you know, strong and opinionated their mothers and their aunties are. Um, and the other big part of it was, you know, the the importance of community that, you know, we're all raised with the sense of like, you know, how important family is, but also to be responsible for the people around you that, you know, that uh, when you, that you are there to also lift others up. And so it was really, really um, just very important. And, you know, it really resonated when we wanted to um, tell the larger story of like uniting a divided land and the effort that that was going to take. Um, the parts of, you know, having to reach out um, and show someone that you are trustworthy or reach out, you know, as an act of faith in trusting someone and being able to do that through food, that felt very, very true to the culture. Um, that, and you'll see it throughout the movie, too, that you, uh, food as a metaphor for bringing people together, food as a way to, of, you know, uh, for one character to, to tell another character that they love them, you, it, especially in that scene between Benja and uh, young Raya. He's teaching her, you know, important world lessons, life lessons, and also, you know, a gesture to show how much he loves her, you know, is by making her a bowl of soup. Now, coming up next, we're going to play a scene from this film. Now, in this scene, we have Rhea and Sisu, who's played by Aquafina. They're at an outdoor restaurant of sorts, and they're trying to get a captain 
to take them on their journey. Welcome to the world-famous Shrimp Oreo. My name is Boone. I'll be your server today. Would you like to hear our daily specials? Yes, please. We got shrimp. We got kanji. We got a shrimp kanji that won't quit. The captain. Where is the captain? Let me go get him. What's up, my new customers? I'm Captain Boone, the owner, chef, and chief financial officer of the Shrimp Oreo. How can I help you? Well, I'm Sisu, and, and we I... need to get to Talon now. I'm sorry, the Shrimporium is not a water taxi. <laughs> Toy, that's a lot of jade. Half now, half when we arrive in Talon. Deal? Class bond to your kanji. Today's special is to go. Now, coming up next, we're going to hear from Kelly Marie Tran, who plays Rhea. She's going to talk about her character and how it's a redefining moment of what a princess can be. It gives a new perspective and depth. It's really cool listening to her talk about this too. She's not criticizing how princesses have been depicted in the past, just not that they get depicted like that every solitary time. You could have both. It could be a balance. But it's really cool hearing her perspective on playing a princess. It's really incredible to be a part of. And when I think of, um, yeah, just the legacy of all of these incredible Disney movies. And, and specifically, if we're talking about Disney princesses, um, yeah, Raya is a really different character. And, and I want to be really specific about the way that I, I speak about Disney princesses. I think a lot of times people say there's sort of an, a negative connotation um, about those earlier movies. And I don't necessarily believe that. I think those earlier movies are, are really good. I think the problem is when we sort of have a really narrow perception of, of what it means to be a princess. And now we're sort of opening opening up the doors in terms of uh, the types of people that we think of when we think of those words, because there really is nothing wrong with like wanting to be in love or liking pretty dresses. There's nothing wrong with that. I think what happens is the danger becomes when we um, only see the same types of, uh, of, yes. of representation over and over and over. So you think that's the only thing you can do. Mm-hmm. That's when it becomes a negative thing. I, 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 so it's really cool that we are, you know, part of a movie that is, that is changing that. And Raya is someone who is a warrior and um, who gets to be really angry, which we haven't seen before, who, um, yeah, I, I, I'm just really excited for people to see this movie and to meet this character. Coming up next, you're going to hear from Aquafina. She's going to be talking about her character, how it's a flawed character, a loving character, and a little bit of innocence thrown in there too. But she feels how it's identifiable and relatable. I mean, I I always love playing relatable characters. I never really thought that I'd find one in a dragon. I think uh, the normal way that we're introduced to those characters is is kind of a, in my experience, I I think of of a, well, the Game of Thrones dragons comes to mind where, you know, they're kind of just these symbols of, uh, they're just so cool. You know what I mean? And and while Sisu is very, very cool, she's also imperfect and flawed and she's aware of those flaws. And she's she's very trusting and like loving almost to a fault. She's innocent. Um, these are all traits that uh, I think at certain times in my life I can identify with and um, that, you know, I, I just really had fun playing, exploring. Yeah. Coming up next, we're going to play another clip. Now, in this scene, we have Rhea and Sisu and they're talking to a group of other people who want to join their team. Did you just hit me with a shrimp tail? When were you going to tell us she was Sisu? Uh, well, technically, you always knew she was Sisu. Seriously? Why are you here, Divine Water Dragon? In that obvious big guy, my girl Ryan and I are going to fix the world. Bring everyone back. You're going to bring everyone back? 
I want to help. I'm sorry. I, I can't let you do that. It's too dangerous. You're not the only one who lost family to the Druid. Please, let me help you. I too wish to join this fellowship of Droon, but kickery. Now coming up next, you're gonna hear from a producer of this film, Asnat Shurer. She's gonna talk about the joy of developing five different characters in the locations, the amazing crew that they had, and all the tech challenges that they had to endure to make this film. Well, we got to to create a, a, a movie with five different lands that feel like five five movies that were designed because in each one there's uh, different outfits, there's different materials people can build from, there's different way of them relating to the dragon. So their sociology and, and who they are in relation to the dragon actually affects how the design is. And all of that with um, finding inspiration from so many varied cultures in Southeast Asia and what are the underlying principles how do we find them and then apply them into the history and the, the kind of cosmology and the design of the world of Kamandra and the five lands in it and the river in it? So um, it was a lot that we imagined and a lot had to be realized. But we also ended up with, I mean, we have these amazing, amazing crew and amazing departments who have different ideas on how to realize for us more of the world than you actually see. There's always a sense that there's more to visit on this epic journey. Um, there were definitely um, technological challenges. There were all sorts of challenges to it, but it's the challenges that we all live for. We love them in order to create a world that's immersive as that. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Kelly Marie Tran, who plays Rhea. And she's going to talk about all the challenges about working from home. But what really makes this interview kind of fun is because they're doing it Skype or however they're doing it, everybody's on at the same time. So while she's being interviewed, she starts talking to her co-star, Aquafina. So it's just a fun little banter that they share when they're being interviewed. You usually don't get this when they do it the real way, but this is one of the times when these kind of interviews are fun. So check it out. Uh, the most challenging thing about working from home, well, I was really lucky because my boyfriend's a genius and was able to, to create this incredible setup where, um, actually, Aquafina, I wanted to ask, did you have to do a lot of ADR lines? Um, I, I did do ADR. I don't know. I don't know what, what's considered a lot. I think it was maybe yeah. one or two sessions of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my boyfriend's like a crazy genius. I'm not sure how he did it, but because of his setup, I only had to do like, I'm not exaggerating, like four lines for the whole. Oh, oh well, I think it's his setup, but also, you know, probably your performance. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm pretty, sure <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's his microphone. Um, Can I have come over? I mean, like... <laughs> I think I'm. I think we're still in ADR. The movie's coming out. Yeah, you, yeah. you want to come up? I have an ADR session tomorrow, actually. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the challenges were that um, obviously we'd have loved to have been in the same room and be able to uh, uh, sort of create that really cool, like creative collaboration that happens when you're all in the same place, like space and playing off of each other. Um, but that being said. Oh yeah. Wait, sorry. More challenges. The list goes on and on. The internet cutting out bad. Uh, any sounds from outside? And there's a lot of construction around. A lot, right? of, sound. a lot of sounds. And hold traffic from yeah. the inside. Sirens, just like constant barrage. Yelling. Around. Yeah. 
Um, but that being said, I will say there were some positive experiences about it. And, <laughs> and, and those included being able to see inside people's homes and, you know, and getting more of their personality. Okay. I know that sounds so creepy, but I, no, it's not, it's true. That's like, so true. Talk about Carlos's plants. That guy has a flourishing plant population. <laughs> I was in his office most of the time. Really? Really? He didn't show the, I wasn't, I, I didn't show when we were in sessions, he was mostly in his office, which didn't have a lot of plants. It had a lot of light though. It was a room with good light. Really? Okay. So, so we know that about his house. Um, <laughs> that's why he has a lot of plants. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he lives in an atrium. I have no idea, but I loved <laughs> guessing. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, getting to see like more parts of people's lives that we wouldn't normally get to see was pretty cool. Now coming up next, we're going to play another clip from this movie. Now in a nutshell, it's a chase sequence. Two of the main characters, they jump on this snail type thing. It might not be a snail, but it's something of that nature. They jump on top of it and it starts rolling like a wheel. And they're being chased by a whole bunch of people behind them. And while they're being chased, they're having a little banter back and forth. And they're up on a ledge. Like the the road is driving. There's a ledge and to their left is like a a river or a lake or something like that. And eventually they're going to come to the decision that they have to jump down into the water because the people who are chasing them, things that they're on, can't swim. So, here's that scene. Tuk Tuk, roll! Jump! Who was that girl? That's Namari. She's the backstabbing Venturi that broke the world. Coming up next, we're here from Aquafina, and she's going to talk about what she hopes the audiences take away from this film. I hope audiences um, see the message that I think is, is a really big part of, of of the movie, and I think of all Disney movies. Um, but for this one, uh, trust in unity over hate, and and also I hope that um, some some people can can watch the movie and, and identify a familiarity about, about the, the places and the people and the things that they're seeing. And then people who aren't familiar with it will gain some kind of understanding of what that world is like. Um, and I, and I mostly hope that everyone enjoys it. Coming up next, Kelly Marie Tran was asked the same question. But yeah, I guess I agree with everything Aquafina said in terms of wanting people to leave with the idea that, um, fighting for a better world, even if you're living during a time where, where you don't even know it exists is a worthwhile cause. Um, and recognizing that the one thing to bring us out of all of this would be our communities and our relationships with each other. I think that that's, um, something that stayed with me watching the movie and I, and I hope it resonates with people. Coming up next, we're going to hear from one of the directors, Don Hall, talking about the challenges of making this film. Um, I guess for me, the one of the most exciting things about making this film was also one of the most difficult, which is uh, uh, the fact that we, you know, had to basically make this film at home uh, over the course of the last year and a half because of the pandemic. And and it was so uh, different um, for us that, you know, for those of us that have been here a while, it was a very different way of working. 
And, um, and the fact that we kind of overcame all the challenges, both technical and, and Disney cultural, um, to, to make this beautiful film is something I'm extremely proud of. And, and if people took away one thing, it's, it's just the thematic of trust and how uh, it takes a, a true act of bravery to to reach out and trust somebody that you that you don't and and what can come out of that is 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 something beautiful something that it can lead to uh unity and so it's worth it coming up next we're gonna hear from the other director carlos lopez estrada he talks too about the importance of the message of this film of working together and to inspire people we we knew a year and a half ago when we started working on this movie that the the thematic elements were timely but as as time passed and as as 2020 came and went uh we realized that this conversation could not be more necessary and this movie couldn't be arriving at a better time it, it really encourages people to think about what are the steps that we need to take in order to to be able to coexist and to be able to work with someone who we we naturally wouldn't or who we believe to have more differences than similarities uh so we're i think we're just mostly excited to be able to provide a little bit into that conversation and to give people some some um something inspiring to um to take them away from these very complicated times that we exist in right now now coming up next you can hear from the producer of this film talking about the story and she talks about when they all traveled to asia just for collecting data. It's really fascinating that they went to that much in-depth detail to really wanting to capture the world that they're writing about and the importance of having a lot of the crew from that area. When when we first decided that we'd be telling a story about coming together, um, about looking around us, all of us, at the world and how divided it is and how, how the divisions are so often used um, to separate rather than to come together, how important that was to us. And we were looking at these lands around the Dragon River, and the dragon was inspired by the Eastern Dragon, particularly in Southeast Asia, the Naga and the Dragon of Southeast Asia, who are connected to water and auspiciousness and life. And we went on our first um, research trip to Southeast Asia, and we're talking about a very large region, um, 11 countries, multiple cultures, traditions, ethnicities. And one of the things that struck us right away everywhere we went was the sense of community, the sense of the importance of we, which is exactly what we wanted the story to be about. So we came back and thought about it and decided that's it. This is a complete fantasy world, but it's going to be inspired and grounded in inspiration from the region. So we started bringing on experts and we brought on a wonderful cultural anthropologist, Dr. Runsak, who's worked with us throughout, who's allowed, but whose expertise is in visual representation of culture, of ritual throughout Southeast Asia. So you can imagine what a great resource he was for us. Archaeologist, uh, gamelan master, dancer, textile experts. And organically, these people become what we end up calling the Southeast Asia Story Trust because they, they, they're part of what keeps um, us both grounded and kind of connected, as well as always checking across the region. What does it mean? What are the commonalities? What are the what? Are, how do we hold the cultures in respect? And then, of course, key to it was also having quite a number of key members of the core creative storytelling team who are from the region, whether it's Kui, who has whose roots are Vietnamese culture, or Thai, or, or Thai, our, our head of story, Fawn Versunthorn, and many, many others. So. I think the key is that there are people within the telling of the story, including our trust and our key story members, 
um, who are from the region and who bring that in their DNA and their everyday. Well, we hope you enjoyed our in-depth look at Rhea and the Last Dragon. Now, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, ways to improve the show, please feel free, cinemajudge at hotmail.com. And I wanted to thank some people specifically. Thanks, Vanessa. I appreciate it. Once again, Ezra, I appreciate you listening. Maya, appreciate you following me and just starting listening. I appreciate it. Bob and Brianna, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for always letting me ramble about movies. But I also want to thank Cassie. I hope you're feeling better. I know it's must have been a bear of a thing to get over, but I'm glad you're on the mend. And I really appreciate your feedback. I truly appreciate it, Cassie. And for all you regulars who tune in every week, I am indebted to you. You know I do happy dance every time I see your city, country, state show up. I am very much grateful. Australia, you guys are awesome. Always coming in and listening. I always think of, especially in other countries, where are you listening? How are you listening? You're just probably driving your car like everybody else or sitting at work. But still, in my mind's eye, it's really cool. Same thing with France. What time of the day do you listen to it? Again, where are you when you're listening to it? Again, I realize it doesn't make a difference, but in my mind's eye, it's cool. Thank you for listening. And all my loyal listeners from Minneapolis, thank you so much. Columbus, Ohio, looks like I had a couple more listens from you guys. Maybe listen to a show twice, whatever it is. Boom. Thank you so much, Columbus. Same thing with La Vista, Nebraska. You guys, more than once. Thank you. That really, really is awesome. And ditto for Hogue, Ohio. You guys are just fantastic. Listening to the show, maybe sharing it with other people, that's the goal. If the show is good, if you do like it, that's my hope. You, you feel comfortable enough sharing it. Because I know how annoying that is for people to ask you to do that. Like, hey, put it on this platform, that platform. So if you are sharing it or listening to the show more than once or listening to older episodes, that's great too. Thank you so much, Ohio. Adelaide, South Australia. Las Vegas. Thank you, Las Vegas. I really appreciate your time. Chicago, Illinois. Madison, Wisconsin. Port St. Lucie, Florida. Man, Florida. Must be great weather there. Thank you so much for taking time out of your life to listen. And of course, Waco, Texas. You guys stepping back in, listen to the show. I really appreciate it. Again, feel free to share if you guys want to. It's so great seeing all these different states. Like in Texas, what are you doing? Where are you at? I know I've already said that a million times, but it's still really cool to me. Hesperia, California. That's so cool. California. Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you so much. Owatonna, Minnesota. You guys are great. Thank you. Cottage Grove, Minnesota. Akeley, Minnesota. Alhambra, Arizona. Oh, Arizona. Thank you so much. In Fort Hamilton, New York. I love hearing from New York. I know it's all the way, it's just, it's just New York, no big deal. But in my mind's eye, it's New York. Anytime New York, California, Texas, people like that. Actually, anybody, but still, just when you hear these names, it really makes me just stoked. And for anybody else out there I didn't mention, I do appreciate it. Because if you listen to past episodes, sometimes the calculator thing doesn't give very good reading on past episodes. So I don't really know who's listening from where. It just maybe says somebody listened to that said episode, but I don't know where you're from. So thank you so much. And finally, this week's bourbon toast goes out to Carlson. I know your life has been chaotic. I'm thinking of you. I hope you're doing well. So until next time, be well, be good, and I'm gone. I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Judge. (laughs) 